Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord bless you today. Isn't it great to be in the house Good. of God and feel the, the presence of the Lord? Amen. And all the promises and benefits. Amen. In this house this morning. God bless you. We're just going to let our classes go back this morning. Anybody enjoy the vacation Bible school? Man, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. What an awesome time we had. And uh, we'll probably maybe talk about that a little bit more tonight. But uh, thanks to all of you that came and took a part and was a part. Amen. It was a success as far as I'm concerned. And I think most Indian, everybody that was a part of it. And, and, and I'll tell you, the children loved it. Man, it just, it just thrilled them. They had a good time. Learned some great things. Amen. Thank God for that. Praise God. I'm telling you, God's been good to us. And Brother Keith, and Sister Judy, and all the team leaders and decorators and servants and those that just any part, everybody just done an outstanding job. And I'm telling you, a lot of time people took vacation to be a part and help prepare and get ready. Some spend hours up here prior uh, just preparing one thing after another for that to be a success and a servant unto our children. I'm telling you, it impact them. I promise you that. It impact them. Thank God for it. Who knows what may happen from there with our guests and visitors that was with us. Planting a seed, doing a little watering. Amen. Helping them to realize that we're not a bunch of freaks. <laughs> Man, we're just normal people like they are. Just got the Holy Ghost. Just got the kingdom of God. The joy of the Lord in our lives. And excited about living for Him. Amen. I'm telling you, God's been good to us. And this morning, we've got an exciting thing going on. Have a baptismal service. Amen. Amen. Tate, Alea is going to be, uh, be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And, man, we're excited about that, what God's doing. Man, for our children and grandchildren, it's good to see each one of you here this morning. Brother Dennis, Sister Cindy, God bless you coming to see those grandbabies. I promise you. That puts a star in the crown. You can believe that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brother Corey, it's good to see you back. God bless you. Six weeks. God bless him. Amen. Having back, being a house of God with us. And just continue to pray for those, Brother Keith and others. And pray for Brother Ernie. Amen. Sick. And so good to have our guests back here. I still haven't got their name, but God bless them. So good to have you and be in the house of God with us this morning. We want everybody welcome in the house of God and the place of work and just magnify the Lord. I'll tell you, it's an exciting time to be living for the Lord. Anytime would be. But as you watch this thing coming, I believe, and I believe most are believe that's coming to a close, coming to an end. And I tell you, it's a time to be ready to meet the Lord. It's time to make preparations and to take to heart and amen, to become that disciple. Become that disciple of Jesus Christ. To take on that discipline. Amen. How many likes to be disciplined? How many like to be corrected? Well, none of y'all jumping up excited about it. You really didn't even want to smile about it. I don't blame you. None of us really like that. We'd rather be right all the time and correct all the time, do everything right, you know, and especially, you know, when we got truth and, man, I got the Holy Ghost. I'm doing everything right. Did you read your lesson? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Having the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you're going to do everything, everything just right. Amen. And that's what it's there for, to help us and guide us and try the spirits. If we've done everything right, why did the writer say, try the spirits, see if it's of God? If it's not, so apparently there's a possibility it's not. So you have to back up and redo it. And 
Man, then you got, you got to deal with this old earthen vessel. Anybody got any glorified flesh yet? We may try to treat it sometimes like it's glorified. <laughs> but it's not. It's an earthen vessel. And so we have to deal with that. And, and, uh, but thank God that you're here and we're part of this. And we're just glad to be a part of it. Our, our text, amen, is going to come out of Matthew 6, 4, 6, and 18. Three verses that we're going to look at here today and learn about prayer and giving and fasting. And uh, all of these things are very important in a life, in a Christian's life. And, uh, but the motive of them and how, they, how we go about and the reason why we're uh, doing them, amen, makes all the difference in the world. Whether or not they're going to be successful and bring the results that uh, we desire and what God desires. Amen. It's got to be done God's way. Amen. So Matthew 6, amen. And 4, that thy alms may be, be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Folks, God sees the, the good things in secret as well as the bad things. A lot of times when we talk about well, God sees what you're doing, a lot of times just because we get known to somebody or somebody's acting. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? Every once in a while I do us good. Say, hey, God seeing what you're doing. God, God just took, man, that, that little cup of water, that, that good deed you just done, that kind act. God didn't miss it. God saw it. Amen. Six verse. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which in secret is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Then the final verse. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Man, from, from what I can understand from Matthew's writings here, God would rather us do a lot more things in secret, secret than advertising about it and broadcasting about it and bragging about it and boasting about it. Man, the best thing to do is just do it in secret and then let him, let him take care, amen, of broadcasting it and rewarding, rewarding us openly. Praise God. So as we look at this this morning, discipline of a disciple, discipline of a disciple. Discipline simply means controlled or to controlled or gained by what? Enforcing. You ever notice them cars that's got them blue lights, what's written on the side of them? It's law enforcement. We got means and ways that when we pull up, you know, if, if, if one way don't work, we got another one. If that doesn't work, we got this one. <laughs> well, okay, I'm sorry, I mean, but it's the truth. It's enforcing the law. And so, you know, we like them or dislike them. Thank God for them. This life would be, you know, much more difficult without them. Amen. Praise God. Because if you and I can control all the external uh, situations around us, we wouldn't need them. Unless we needed them for ourselves. Because the method we're choosing to control it is not. So here we are. That's the reason we got to have God. That's the reason we got to have the Holy Ghost. That's the reason you got to have the Word of God. You know, not just the Holy Ghost. And, and let me say that this way. Not just people that claim the Holy Ghost. 
Now they can say, I got the Holy Ghost and this is what I'm going to do. But when this is contrary to what they're trying to do, they listen to the wrong Holy Ghost. Or we should say, just listen to the wrong spirit. Giving themselves. And so God has gave us this blueprint. God's it took the time to write this down. So you and I could read it and study it and have something to go by. Man, thank God for the written word of God. This is the most precious thing you and I've got. We need to visit this on a daily basis. Come and dine, amen, at this table on a regular basis, amen. Why? Because there's a lot in here in this book that's never preached. It's never, never presented unto you. That's not all. God's got a special diet for every vessel. Amen. And there's, there's a long time between Sunday night and Wednesday night. If you don't think that's a long time, don't eat. Start tonight. Don't eat again until Wednesday night. You'll find out just how long Wednesday night is. Amen. <laughs> you, by Tuesday, I promise you, I'll be glad Wednesday gets here. We may not do that spiritually, but I'm sure we do. It's, that's the way God wants us to be about church. When we leave here Sunday night, we ought to immediately start praying. I'm looking forward for Wednesday night. I'm going to start praying for Wednesday night or Tuesday night. Whatever the next midweek time, the gathering together is the church. Amen. Not that I'm going to wait until them. You know, it's kind of like them snacks. Amen. How many likes a snack between meals sometime? Thank God for snacks every once in a while. Praise God. And so as we, we watch this unfold here and begin to take place, we understand, you know, that uh, discipline simply means controlled, uh, gained by what? Enforcing obedience or order. I, I wanted to say that. Obedience is better than sacrifice. When you and I do things that we know that's not pleasing to God and we just do it on our own, and I know, I know, we, we might say, well, I'm going to ask him to forgive us. I'm going to tell you something. God really doesn't have to forgive us. Not on those terms. Well, <laughs> now he might whip us, and then he might forgive us. <laughs> don't say we don't do that. Next time you go to whip one of them little darlings, what's the first thing out their mouth before you ever strike them? I'm sorry, I won't do it, Mom. You know, I won't do it, Mom. You do what? Well, I jumped in there. I shouldn't have, maybe. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But, but sometimes that's just the way God works. But anyway, let's go on with this. Let's watch this. Uh, uh, the Lesson Connection. How many of you read The Lesson Connection? It's a pretty good connection. It's one of the, the better ones I've, I've read that they've had. And, and uh, so we may come back and just read the whole thing to really make a lot of sense out of it. Amen. Of, of this pastor. Amen. That was uh, dealing with the situation and prayed about it and didn't seem to see any results. And he went to another place. Anyway, we got some insight. So we may go back and, at the end and just kind of tie this together because uh, it helps us uh, to really. Uh, this is what the lesson's about. Amen. It is is the, the motive of why we're doing what we're doing. You know, why do we live for God? Why, why do we pray? Why do we fast? Why, why do we go to the house of God so much? You know, and in the eyes of the world, it's a little hard for them to, to understand that. It's a little hard to, for them to grasp that. Amen. Now, you and I know that the Spirit of God draws us. And it's something about being in the house of God and being with brothers and sisters alike, precious faith and, and uh, the, the power of it. And, and the, you know, just like you this morning, there's no telling these, these that came for prayer that needed a touch. Hey, that's what the house of God's all about. 
that's coming here to be touched, to be healed, to be ministered to. And there's no limitations with God. It doesn't matter what kind of battles or struggles you're in. Amen. God's in the business of healing us and mending us. This is the reason we come here. Sometimes to get our head back on right. Sometimes to get our focus back in right place. Sometimes because we're weary. Amen. With the fiery darts that's come against us in the last few days. And, and I'm telling you, the enemy can attack us sometimes. Amen. In such a manner, in such a way. And so we need a place that we can come back and, and get back refocused and connected and reassured that it's worth it. It's worth the fight. Amen. The truth of the revelation, the Jesus name, baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, living a wholesome, godly life. Amen. What we're doing. Man, it's not in vain. All of this working together. Amen. To, to be who what God's called us to be as witnesses of his. But you know, we got an adversary out there. We got one that's warring against us and battling against us. And they're looking for every avenue. Amen. They're trying their best maybe to put your light out. You ever heard the statement? I think to put your lights out. <laughs> Amen. And so that's what the devil is. He's, he's out to do that. And then, you know, there's other, other events and things that may happen that takes place. And sometimes people may not realize. Amen. And so some of this is as we, we talk about this and watch it unfold. And we're just going to mostly stay with the scriptures and, and from that area uh, move on because it's all important. Uh, how this really unfolds and takes place and as we allow God to work for us. So when you go back to Matthew, the sixth chapter, this is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. Amen. Most of your scholars and, and uh, those that study speeches and things of that nature, uh, still the Sermon on the Mount is among the top. Amen. Of all speeches that's ever been given and uh, uh, the, the, the topic, the subject, and how it's addressed and dealt with. When you go back, it actually started the fifth chapter, Matthew, the fifth chapter. In the fifth chapter, Jesus Christ dealt with man with man and the morals of man and the responsibility of man toward the morals toward man and how to treat your fellow man and how to respond to him. If you actually, if you'll just look back, it kind of really sets the stage. He calls us what the salt of the earth and the light of the world. He talks about murder and anger. You know, so these are some of the topics and how to respond and how to deal with this. And so even today, amen, if, if we get a better handle and a better hand upon the response. I'm going to tell you something I've noticed in the last few months and, and especially in the last few weeks and just in prayer. Amen. Is the battle of the mind. The battle of the mind. Amen. The things that's going on and how that things are attacking the mind of, of humanity and the world that we're living in. Amen. There's more uh, that's that's got messed up minds and, and, and ideas and opinions. And, and so if there's ever been a time, you better be praying for your mind. God, gird up my mind. God, I want to sound mind. I want a healthy mind. Help me feed it, God. You know, and that's really so important, what you set before you and what you read and what you study and what you participate in and get involved in. It affects your mind and it really gives avenues and, and means and ways for the demonical forces and spiritual wickedness and high places and rulers of darkness have access into your mind. And sometimes It'll come in in such a in such a, a subtle way and in a manner of form you'll never even realize what's happening until down the road you begin to look at it and say, wait a minute, I was flirting with something, I was dealing with something. There's, there's something I, I really don't know what's going on with me, what's happening here. So one of the best things that you and I can do is go back into the Word of God, back into prayer, and say, "And God, and now watch this. All this works hand in hand, especially two of the elements we're going to talk about this morning, and that's prayer and fasting." 
praying and fasting and the purpose and the reason behind them. Amen. And this is not the easiest thing for you and I as earthen vessels to give ourselves to. Amen. And, and you know, I pray a lot of times. I say, God, I want, I, want to, I, want to, I want to fall in love with praying. I want to enjoy praying. By myself, with people, whatever. I, I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy that fellowship and that companionship. One of the first things that uh, any young couple that's uh, thinking about, you know, marriage and, and, and getting into that age, uh, they start getting serious about somebody. You know, one of the first things they ought to, ought to be as a flag in that, how well can we communicate? How well can we, we can, you know, we get along in, in conversation and in communication? Can we talk easily to one? I mean, can we get on the phone and talk for an hour and it don't seem like just a few minutes? Now, we don't want to talk to anybody else for an hour on the phone. In fact, we'll look at it and say, oh, no, no. But if it's the right one and the right, oh, yeah. That's a fun. In fact, we'll set certain little tones and certain little rings. And before we ever knew the first ring, we'll know that's, that's her. That's a good sign. That's positive. That's, that's the way it ought to be. And God help us to keep that going. Now, life has a tendency to weigh in on all that and rob us of that time and things. But, folks, this works the same way. Because prayer is nothing more than communication with God. <laughs> it's talking to Him. And watch what the, the writer tells us here. <laughs> Don't you just love it when somebody answers the phone and, and they kind of... <laughs> Get away from everybody, you know, and... I mean, this is a special phone call here. This is this is the this is the man. This is the girl here. Or you don't have everybody else because you can't talk like you can, you know. And so sometimes, Amen. The same way with God, because you can pull your heart out with God when you're in a secret place, and you've took the time to get in that closet, and you took the time to close the door, and you may have took the time to leave the cell phone. On the outside. <laughs> I'm sure if they'd had cell phones back then, Matthew would have surely put that in there. <laughs> he might have told you to get you a prayer closet where the computer's not at. The screen can't light up. Because <laughs> sometimes that's all it takes. It's sitting over in the corner. But you didn't, you didn't put it face down. <laughs> or it might be face down, but just that little bit. Because the enemy's against you. And he wants to distract you. He doesn't want you to get in this kind of companionship and fellowship with God. He didn't want you to have this one-on-one companionship, closeness. Because it's in just as much as you can be with God and open your heart up and the chambers of your heart and your mind and your spirit. The things that you're questioning, the things that you're pondering, the things that you're afraid maybe to say somebody else, they'll think I'm crazy. They'll think I'm loony. They'll think this or that. Amen. But, but, but with God, He knows what He's put in your heart. He knows what He's put in your spirit. And that's not all. God starts talking to you and talking to me. And He'll start opening things up even out of this book. 
amen, that, that you've never heard preached, that you've never felt, amen, and, and had an understanding or a revelation about it. Amen. This is what it's all about. We're starting on a journey now. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, there's way too many, and please don't take this wrong. True repentance, amen. There's a bow face turn. There's a laying down of some things. There's true conviction with that. But that's not the end of the journey. We're not so perfected, amen, at that moment time that, that we still don't need God to show up and God to speak to us and God to help us. That we're going to need some prayer times, God. I need, I need some answers. I need some direction. I want to handle this, God, in, in a way that you want me to handle. I want to be able to respond. In fact, if you go back to that previous chapter, you'll understand why it was so important. How he started the sixth chapter. And in this companionship with God. Because in this companionship with God, where we're going to find the help and strength to really, amen, to treat our enemies. <laughs> That's where he taught us. Chapter before. To love them. To pray for them. You love them, you don't talk about them. You don't call your neighbor and say, Can you believe what so and so done? No, you go to that prayer closet. Well, that, that astounded y'all, didn't I? I can see on your, your face, I can tell by the way you're looking at me. I, man, that, that was good tidings. That was good news, wasn't it? I, I, that shocked us, didn't it? No, we know this. We know this. God has set this thing up. How? Have you noticed how the lessons have been coming? Even the one about forgiveness. The real power of God forgiving us so, so that we can forgive others. Huh. And so, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be dug in some stuff I don't need to probably. But anyway, there's all kind of teachings and things, amen, in, in this fifth chapter. So um, let's look at it. Take heed that he do not your alms before men to be seen of them. From all accounts. Now, now let, me, let me help us out right, out right out the gate with this one. Did you know Jesus sat by an offering plate one time? Did you know he, he observed what was being brought? And all the, I guess we could say the big guys, the big givers, and they might have been the ladies, I don't know, but they brought in, bricked in. But he didn't make a big deal out of it until a little widow come and dropped in in, in some measure Maybe possibly the least. So the way that the Lord measures things and the way we measure things is a little different. She put in two bits. That's all she put in. But Jesus calls the disciples over and says, Hey, hey, he makes he makes a big deal out of this giving. You know why? Because she gave all that she had. And so sometimes when God measures giving is after we have given, it's what we got left. Really determines whether or not we gave. Okay? So, take heed that he do not your alms before men to be seen of 
them. <laughs> Can I get just a little humorous right here? Without, you know, I know. We still want you to write the big checks. <laughs> and if, if you need to, we'll come stand around you. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll make sure nobody sees. <laughs> He's not telling us not to. <laughs> but it's the reason why you're giving. The, the, the reward aboard the reward is really going to come through. Because, you know, folks, I'm, let's, let's just be honest. It's really hard to write. You know, if one of y'all wrote a million dollar check this morning, it's going to be really hard to keep that as a secret. You know, when the next time the business meeting and we say in the building fund, we got one million six sixty thousand two hundred twenty-two dollars. Most people probably say, hey, Pastor, wait a minute. You know lines send you down. <laughs> you sure you read that right? You, you need some new... No, but you see what I'm saying? But it's who the reward comes from. If we do it to, to just to, for that reward of man, that's the reward you're going to get. That's, all, that's the best, you know... And so now you got to compare that with, amen, if, 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 if any man or all the men that can pat you on the back and say, man, that was awesome. Man, that's a great offer. I appreciate that. Man, I'm, I'll tell you what. Yeah, in fact, next week, come back next week, write another one. I mean, all that. But the real reward is, comes from your heavenly father. Because that's who blessed us to give it to start with. And so we're going to give it as unto the Lord. You know why that's so important? Because watch this. Men that do it for the glory of men also most of the times had a little string attached with it. And some connections tied in with it. And some wishes connected to it. And preferences. And if you're not careful, after a while, through one means or another, they want to start kind of controlling a few things. And look, I'm the one that gave such and such. And I bought, you know, I bought them 250 of them 500 chairs. I would have a right to sit where I want to sit. And also, I want so-and-so to be able to sit. And so, you know, there's a lot in this. Would you really begin to dig into it? Because when we give it as unto the Lord, I got some scriptures to, to, to help, you know, prove what I'm talking. Okay, what's this? Uh, Acts 2 and 45. And sold their possession. And Brother Brennan, I'm sorry. I have really messed you up. Uh, I, I didn't follow the procedure here. Okay, let's back up. I'm sorry. Let's go to Matthew 5, 16. I'm going to back up and start. Okay, we'll get to it. I'm sorry. I've jumped way ahead. Matthew 5 and 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works. And glorify who? Your Father. Your Heavenly Father. Everything we do. That's what the Bible says. Do all things, both word and deeds, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the Lord. Why? Everything that we do. Everything that we're involved in. As Holy Ghost filled vessels. As, as some would say, as Christians, every, every activity we're involved in, it doesn't matter if we're at the house, it doesn't matter if we're on the job, it doesn't matter if we're at the church. You know what? God don't want us to act one way at the church and act another way at the house. Okay? He wants us to be a Christian in all the areas. Amen. And so that's, that's what, why? Because that's what glory 
defies the Father. Amen. Who, who we are disciple. We under His control. Amen. Because we really, you know, none of us, we, we really didn't want it. And I heard somebody this week, and I won't say his name, but, but he talked about being corrected by his dad. In, in, in this, and, and his dad didn't really beat him by no means whatsoever. Just a couple of little stripes. But some words that he said to him, amen, it affected him for the whole week. And so with our heavenly father, amen, we don't want to di- disappoint. How many of you, your earthly father, you, you didn't want to disappoint them? How many of you maybe got in trouble and you was going to have to call him and you knew he's going to find out? And you, you hated that worse than anything else. You know, if somehow you could just throw me in jail for six months and nobody would know about it, I'd rather serve six months in jail than face my dad or mother. Because I know, and so that's the same way with the Heavenly Father. You know, as we, we don't want to fail him. We don't want to come up short. And that's where sometimes we're a little hesitant, maybe even responding in some areas that maybe, maybe God's prompted and moved upon us. And because, you know, we, we don't have confidence in the flesh. We got confidence in God, amen, to help us. And, and so it's all about glorifying the Father. It's all about in his honor, magnifying his name and his kingdom. It's not about us, amen. This local assembly, it's really not about us. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about the kingdom of God. And you know one thing that's really been on my mind the last few weeks? Amen. It's always there. And always we, we pursue it. Amen. But did you know that healing and miracles, amen, to be active in this local assembly is a part of the kingdom of God? And so you, you and I, we need to pursue it more so than what we have. Amen. To see notable miracles to take place. Because that don't prove nothing but that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven has showed up. Amen. That's the reason they was attracted to Jesus Christ. But watch this. Jesus never let them to manipulate him or did he ever let them, amen, to, to force him into places or in position because he had performed these miracles. And so that's what you and I have to watch. Amen. Regardless of how God uses us and our prayers and our service and our worship, we can never become elevated. Amen. That we become elevated above the spiritual leadership or above what God intended us to be. All of that's got to be done in a manner way. You know why? Because we got to go right back to this. Oh, wait a minute. These are not my words. They're my father's words. These are not my words. They're my father's words. That's the reason you never read God the Son. Now, that's an area there a lot of people just really can't seem to. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. But the works weren't his. There was his father's. It was God that spoke when he stepped out of the bow of that ship and said, Jesus came to declare. Jesus came to be the manifestation of God. But Jesus, without God and the fullness of God, could not have performed the first miracle. In fact, amen, he wouldn't have been different than any other man that would have been put on the cross. He wouldn't have been different than any other man that had ever been persecuted. He wouldn't have been different than anybody else that ever come before him and came to be Christ. But there wasn't Christ. There was only one Christ. And he came with that kingdom, power and authority. It's the reason he humbled himself and submitted himself and you and never took the place or took the glory. That's the reason he didn't strap on a sword. That's the reason he wouldn't pick up stones and bash people's head in. Amen. Because now, amen, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm coming, amen, to present. And so that's the reason our methods, how we live, how we respond, how we handle things. Let me ask you something. Did Paul change after being converted? Did he change? 
Well, I'm going to say something here. Listen, I hope it goes over good. And because we have to deal with it. You know, we have to. You ever heard somebody say, and I'm talking about people that's got the Holy Ghost, claiming to walk in the Holy Ghost. Okay. But they make this statement. Well, it's just in my genes. It's just in our blood. Well, whose blood have you are? are you of? You got new blood. Did you know you get a, got a blood transfusion? Did you know a new kingdom just moved in? Did you know you just received a, 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 a greater name? You see, when you use the scripture, you can really cancel all that out. But here, watch this. This is how the writer put it. It's according to the power that worked within you. This band-aid's aggravating me. It's coming off. It's, but I'm scared to take it off. <laughs> so it'll be all right. But you see what I'm trying to say? So it's all about glorifying the Father. Almsgiving is about, about, you know. So he goes on. Instructions, watch what he says. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thy alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Notice, the synagogue in the streets, blowing the horns, getting attention. Man, I, I'm the one. I'm, you know, it's, it's about them, and it's, and, and it's really all about them. It's really not even maybe about what they was given, especially for the temple or for the synagogue and for the work of God. And so he doesn't want us to be like the hypocrites. Hypocrites is some, someone that's claiming to be something they're not. And so their motives is not pure. The motives is not upright. That's a reason we don't study the word of God just to try to prove people wrong. Just to win the argument. Just to impress people how smart we are. Watch this. Truth only comes by revelation. If you have true revelation of this Bible, you received it. You, you didn't have it. Paul talks about that. Paul warns, and he's talking to the ministry there. And they get up in this pulpit and begin to act arrogant. But we can't, you know, but that's true everywhere else. You can't be arrogant about it. You can't be showboat about it. You've got to be kind and gentle and long-suffering. In fact, there's seasons. There's times, you know what, a good farmer, he knows there's a season to plant. There's a season to plow. And there are some seasons, amen, you just got to sit back and wait. You got to give that seed a little while. You got to let a few processes take place before it comes. I'm not going to let myself just bulldoze right on in here and just go, there's God here. No. He's patient. He's long-suffering. He's gentle. Because he really understands it's not about me anyway. It's about the Lord. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about, it's about winning a soul. It's about persuading people that we love them. Sometimes it doesn't matter how many mistakes they make. That love's still there. That compassion, that long-suffering. And sometimes it, they may be saying things and doing things going totally the opposite direction. But you know what? You just keep loving them. You just keep praying for them. You just say, God, you know. 
don't know how I managed to get on that, but I did. I focus, I guess, mostly on prayer here, but anyway. But when he talks about the arms here, but when thou doest arms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thy arms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. We, we don't get a trumpet out. We don't blow it. We don't advertise it. Uh, I can't tell you how many of you have came at certain times, maybe with evangelists or families and things of that nature, and you, you just say, hey, if you don't mind, give this to so-and-so. I don't want them to know I gave it. I don't want this one to know I, I don't want anybody to know it. I just, I'm just, I just want to give. I mean, I want to bless them. I just felt, uh, you know, the, the desire to give this. And, but you know what? Giving, watch this. And I'm, I'm going to work my way down now. Psalms 106 and 3 says, Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Every, every circumstance, every situation, God help us. God help us to do that. John 15, 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified, that he bear much fruit, so shall he be my disciples. It's his heartbeat, his desire for us to accomplish that. We know you can go to Cornelius in and, and Acts 10, 31. And it talks about thy prayers is heard and thy alms. Amen. So we understand that alms played a very important role in Cornelius' life. Even before he got the Holy Ghost, he's given to this. And then you go to Acts 11, 29. Then disciples every man according to his ability. Now here's a couple of scriptures I want to go to about giving. Watch what's being taught. Amen. Now this is, this is out of Acts now. This is where you get Acts 2.38. I know you might think I'm trying to, but I'm trying to get us to understand. So as much focus we put on that and emphasis, everything else written in Acts is important to us and given to us as disciples to follow the same patterns and the likeness thereof. And so watch what's given done here in Acts 11 29. The disciples, every man according to his ability. If you got the ability to give $5, give it. If you got the ability to give 50, give it. If you got the ability to give 500, but the one that gave the five shouldn't foot shouldn't feel any less or more, and neither should the one that gave the 500 shouldn't feel any more important. Why? God blessed all three, and we know by Jesus Christ Himself has taught us we're all not going to be the same. We're not all the same in giving. We're not all in the same in gifts and talents and abilities. Some's going to be 30, some's going to be 60, and some's going to be 100. And and so you know all this we got to kind of watch. Amen. Because what we want to do, we want to give as God has blessed us. Watch it. Determined to send relief to the brethren which dwelt in Judea. Now what had taken place here, uh, I thought I had a scripture for that, but anyway it was prophesied that this famine is going to take place. And so this the suffering is going to take place. So they was willing to send, amen, this relief to them, the brethren in Judea which they did and sent to the elders by the hands of Artemis and Saul. They took this back. So you know what this giving we do, you know, for foreign missions and home missions and places like that or maybe even families. How many of the storms, a lot of times the storms hey, that's the favor, that's the will of God when we take up things and we, you know, we may not have a, a lot here, but if we'll take up and the other assembly will take up and this will take, guess what? After a while, you can load up an 18-wheeler. 
You can fill that thing up, man, and sit in. When you pull up down there, wherever the storm might be, or here, I pray not here, but wherever it might be, amen, that uh, it, it brings relief and it shows the love and the kindness. So don't ever, ever, amen, and you're giving. And, and Paul's writings a little later on, actually, he talks about that in the Corinthians writings, uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. So we, we got an idea here. What does he mean by that? How many's ever planted rye, rye grass or oaks or, or, or anything? And you went out there, you know, and the, the, the farmer says, look, you're going to need two bushels of corn to plant this 10 acres. And I may be way off. I ain't got a clue. All right. But you said, you know what? I, I'm just going to buy one bushel. But I'm going to pray over it in Jesus' name when I put it out. Paul said, told the Corinthians said, if you if you so sparingly, <laughs> you know, there's some things you can do and you can ask in Jesus' name all you want to, but because your motive is not right and we're not willing to make the right sacrifices. We're not willing to make the right commitments. All of a sudden, you know what? Because I sowed a sparingly. Because I wasn't willing to give much time into it. And I was always too busy that I couldn't make it to church. And I was always too busy. I couldn't get no prayer class at times. And I was always too busy. I couldn't spend time with going to the... But I need God to show up. God, I ain't God, I need... Sparingly. So that work in a lot of ways than just in money. What's something I've been on here lately? That's everybody's got the same of. But it's the most precious thing that you got. That you can't control it. You can't add, you can't take from it. A minute's a minute to everybody in this building. You don't have enough money to slow it down. You don't have enough money to speed it up. Now you might get more things done if you got money and get others help you get it done. But far as time, your time, it's all the same. So the most precious thing that you and I can give to this kingdom is our time. Our time. Regardless of who we are, our age, or whatever it might be. Now let me, let me, let me say, oh no, I'm going to move on. Never mind. Let's, let's move on. He says, he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man According as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. We don't regret any nickel that we have invested into the kingdom of God. We don't regret, and I don't believe this church does. Anytime there was a need or a situation that came up and, and we made investments, you know, I don't regret not one nickel. In any kind of building program, any kind of helping anybody at any time. In fact, I would love to give more nickels. A man to give. To see it happen, to see it take place, to see it unfold. Let's go to the next one because if I don't, it's already 1127. Um, taught us about prayer, and I know I've been on it off and on. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, in the corners of the streets. They love to have public prayer. 
They wanted to impress people by the words they used, the length they prayed, amen, and to the point in some places a repetitious prayer, amen. They would just repeat things and, and, and you know, just trying to impress people and trying to amaze them, amen, with their ability to pray, maybe even sometimes how long they prayed, amen. But again, now watch this. Jesus was not taught, preaching against or teaching against public prayer, Amen. Thank God for public prayer. You've got to have public prayer. Amen. It happens. Call, man, the elders. We have public prayer. We practice the Bible here this morning. That's public prayer when we come together. That's not what he's telling us. But if we just, the only times that we pray and we really want to pray is when we're doing it in the public. Amen. That we're doing it as unto man to impress men. Amen. That when we get in private times that we're not willing. Amen. You know, I'll be honest with you. I pray a lot better privately by myself when nobody's around around. Amen. Sometimes I get to pray and I'll stay on myself. I'll be honest with you. But you know, it wasn't me. It was God. Amen. Things are getting to come to your mind and your tongue and you'll begin. I said, Lord, have mercy. If I could pray like this in the public. But that's, you, know, you know what the difference is there? The man's not praying. The spirit's praying. And not my spirit. The one comes to help us. To know how to pray. Because it knows the mind of the spirit. So it knows the terms to use. And how to put it out there. That it moves the God of heaven. Into our midst. In those times of infirmities and weakness. And when you don't even know how to pray about it. And there's also moves into times and places. Of moanings and groanings. That you and I. We, we, we don't even know. These are times. And folks. You know what? Those, when those prayer times. is in those closets. It's when you get into those isolated places and you've got to shut everything else out so he taught us not to be like the hypocrites amen we got to have a crowd we got to have this and we got to you know you know unless i got to well i won't be careful here but 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 at the same time you know the only time i can really pray amen is when there's two or three around praying with me So then I've got to question myself. I said, well, God, if that's the only time I can really get in prayer and, and really call on you and enjoy prayer, am I praying, amen, to you or am I praying to impress those that are with me? I'm not against public prayer. Neither is Jesus Christ. But I will tell you something. If you don't have some private prayer, you're probably not going to have too many of the public prayer. If you don't have some private time with God... With opening your heart up and opening your mouth up and pouring yourself out and letting God pour Himself in. It affects us. So we don't want to be like the hypocrites. We don't want to just pray when it's in public time or out in the synagogues or out on the street corners. Amen. When people's observing. No, he said, but thou when thou prayest enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Again, when you go to fasting, it's some of the same terms. And, and I, I wanted to kind of just speed up a little bit here. Amen. Because I know it's 1131. And so, but, but again, in fasting, again, watch this. The hypocrites, amen, they disfigure their faces. They want everybody to know, man, we're fasting, you know. They come to work and, and they can't hardly go. And, and uh, you know, uh, you know they, where's your lunchbox at? And where's, uh, we'd rather fast and nobody wouldn't know anything about it. Sometimes it gets us in trouble. Because <laughs> somebody may bring in something 
And they come in a little bit later. Well, y'all haven't even cut the cake. Don't bring it on Mondays. <laughs> that makes it harder for us too. We got to look at it and we can't eat it. Well, we want to be offensive. But that's just kind of our day that we have set aside. And, 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 and so, you know, but we don't want everybody to know that. Because it's not about that. It's really about humbling ourselves and yielding ourselves. And if, if you read your lesson, there was a scripture out of Isaiah. And I'm going to jump to it because of time. I want to jump to it. Isaiah 58 and 4. Now, believe it or not, even the Israelites fasted and prayed back then. But listen to what's being said there. Behold, eat fast for strive and for debate. You're fasting to win an argument. You're fasting to win a man to have it done your way. That, that you, 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 you got it all worked out. And it's, it's, that's the reason you're fasting. You're not really fasting for the will of God. But you're fasting that well you feel and how you think it ought to go. That this is what would happen. That's what he's telling them. You know, we can't fast for the wrong reason. We can't fast it. God, I'm going to fast and pray over this because I know this is the will of God. And it may not be. And the fasting and prayer is in vain. And watch this. The devil will back back up at you and say, All that fasting and praying you done was in vain, wasn't it? Sure didn't work out. Now let's step back into it. If we fast and prayed for the will of God and it unfolded, either we're going to believe that's the will of God or we're not. We're either going to believe it's a sovereign God or not. And we've got to quit blaming everybody else and saying, well, they wouldn't have been here. So-and-so got with me since this and have done that and this and done that. Hey, come on. When it's a personal deal between you and God, God will bankrupt heaven, baby. There ain't a devil big enough or a situation big enough. Not when it's the will of God and you fast and prayed and you know you've done it the way God wanted and your motives is right. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. <laughs> you didn't do it for show. You didn't do it for your own. No, I meant it. From the sole of my feet, top of my head, I want the will of God. Amen. And, and it don't have to go my way. I don't care what color it is. <laughs> I don't care what style it is. <laughs> I just want the will of God. I just want to have revival. I just want God to have your way. And God, you don't even have to, you don't have to use me in that. Not in that area. I, I, I'm, I'm finding a place right here. That's the real key. So, so watch. Now watch what he says here. Next one. To smite with the fist of wickedness. You could tell most of the time by the reaction. If they get all worked up. If they get abusive. Especially if they move into the area becoming Physical. Their fasting and praying wasn't, wasn't pleasing to God. I didn't say they didn't fast and pray. But he wasn't pleasing to God. That's what he was telling Israel here. He said, you fast and prayed. But it wasn't. It's not according to my will and my purpose. He shall not fast as he do this day. To make your voice to be heard. On high. You don't fast for that reason. For that purpose. 
You don't fast that you, your voice can be heard on high and you can have it your way. You fast and pray, it brings us right back to what we've been talking about. For the glory of the Father. And Father, if this is the way you want to do it, I'm good with it. I'm all right with it. You worked it out as you see fit. I don't have no problems with it. Watch this. I'm going to go somewhere. Let's go back to Ahab. Let's go back to Jezebel. How many of you remember with Naboth? When Ahab come in, Naboth would not trade or sell him his vineyard. Now, you know, Ahab didn't quite understand, but Naboth knew it was an inheritance. It was God-given. It was a land, family land. It was not his to sell or to trade according to with God. Okay? Ahab comes in, and so Jezebel, he's coming in, he's pouting, you know, he's sucking his thumb, he's boo-hooing and, you know, down and out, depressed. And Jezebel steps up, man, what's wrong with you? Naboth won't trade with me, won't. She said, aren't you the king? She said, I'll take care of it. She said, you just go underneath and I'll take care of it. She writes a letter. Sends it to the elders of the city where Naboth is at. She said, y'all proclaim a fast. Said, you get your two, two witnesses. You bring Naboth and put him out and thrown him before everybody. And accuse him of blaspheming against God and the king. Sure enough, the elders, they get the letter. They call a fast. They bring Naboth, put him up as a witness. Bring in, the Bible says, two sons of Belial. False witnesses against him. I'd have two They're using the same means and the same methods just like Israel would in the law. I'm going to tell you something. We're going to be shocked in this end time. How many is going to be claimed to be apostolic? How many may even claim to be one God? How many may even claim to bear the name of Jesus? But there's no truth in them. Now I'm treading some water now that we're all a little like. I'm just, I'm just telling you though. There's only one foundation. There's only one church. It's only one body. Okay? That's scripture. That's, it's only one name to be baptized. We're going to baptize two here this morning. But we know what name to call over them. If they want remission, we know where the power is given. In heaven and in earth. There's some things people can question us about. And maybe there's some, some tolerance. But the foundation in the gospel, there is absolutely none. The one God message the baptism, the infilling the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking a tongue as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, it's in your book. I can't change it. Watch this. Nobody else can. I don't say that with a mean spirit. I don't say that as a smart aleck or as a know-it-all. It came by revelation. I wasn't raised this way. God gave us a revelation of this one God message. And I'm not smart enough or educated enough just to read it and get it on my own. But God gave it. God would give it to whosoever hungers and thirsts after righteousness. They can attain it. And we can walk and, and live and, do, and be what God wants. I know we're living in a world. Amen. And, and there's a lot of things has changed. And a lot of things are changing. But I'm going to tell you something. God never changes. Same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same God. The gospel delivering, setting free, and helping us. And you know what? God 
God's working and God's pouring out His Spirit. I'm going to tell you something. God's pouring out His Spirit on this end time. Amen. Upon all flesh. And I believe anybody that wants to be redeemed, anybody that wants to be saved, I earnestly believe you'll begin to call on the name of Jesus. And that's all you got to do to start with. I believe that. If you believe there is a God, and you begin to call on Him and you begin to cry out to Jesus. But you know what? God's going to lead you and guide you and God's going to keep working with you till He brings you to the fullness of the truth and the fullness of the revelation. Now watch this. I'm not through walking in the light neither are you. We're all still walking in the light. We're still all wanting to mature and grow and become. I'm glad He's still working on me. How about you? I'm glad He hadn't give up on me. I'm glad He hadn't thrown me away. He could have. And you know what? Before this next week's over he probably can again. But thank God he doesn't. But you got to understand something. We got to have an ear to hear what the Spirit says of the church. We got to have a passion and desire. Our prayers, our almsgiving, our fasting, it's got to be unto him, not to us. Not to just get our way using some, some and that's what Ahab done. He used his, his seat and his authority and let his wicked wife, amen, write a letter and cause Naboth, amen, they took him out and stoned him. Watch this. You can go down a few more chapters. Don't say nothing about it right there. But you read a little later on. And it mentions that they also stoned his sons. So they couldn't rise up and take the vineyard back from Ahab. All the kinfolks had to die before he could rightly get the vineyard. Because Naboth and all of his sons, their lives. Buy the truth and sell it not. If it takes even shedding our blood. We could see that day. Now, when you put all that back into perspective, that's the reason. Daniel talks about it. He that knows his God shall do exploits. But you don't know something. We got to know him. We're going to have to know him. We're going to know how to get into them prayer closets, talk to him, and let him talk to us. We're going to know what it's like to push that plate back with the right attitude and the right spirit. Amen for the right outcome. We're going to know that we're going to be willing to make some investments. I didn't go to all those scriptures of the, the possessions that they gave and sold. And Barnabas, that's where, that's where he got his name. Selling the possessions that they owned and made the investments into the kingdom of God. In one place, he brought it and laid it at the feet of the apostles. You know what he was telling them? Every hell y'all see fit to use it. No strings attached. In it to the kingdom of God, the service of Jesus Christ. Folks, let's just keep doing what we're doing. God's blessing us. Hold on. You keep giving, you keep making the sacrifices. I'm telling you, the blessings are coming. They're moving. God's blessing. God's working for us. Amen. Let's do it the way God wants us to do it. Amen. Let's let the true love of God, the power of God, let's don't be hypocrites. That's what's wrong with this nation now. There's so many that claims to be Christians. But when you get them on the job site, they talk just like the rest of them. They act like the rest of them. They've been in some of the same places they've been. And you know what? That causes some of them out there. I don't want no part to do with that. If this is the way Christians live and this is how they act, I don't want to be a Christian. <laughs> I have been told this a few times. Well, if they got the Holy Ghost, I don't want it. If they, They're going to act that way. Now, that's a reason it's important every day, every conversation. And it doesn't matter who it involves. That's how, that's how serious we got to get about it. You know why? 
Because my family is just as important as anybody. And how I conduct myself there can make all the difference. In those little girls. And the outcome. Amen. So the responsibility lays upon us. Amen. And how our motive, our approach. Not my will, but thy will be done. Is what it's all about. Let's stand. Love you this morning. Hopefully something was said to help us and uh, just guide us along this journey. Amen. Living for God and doing the work of the Lord and being vessels of Jesus Christ. And I know, hey, you know, the battles became as much now as from within as much as from without. Uh, uh, even among the one God. I, I hate that. I, I, I regret that. Uh, but, but at the same time, it's there. Uh, but remember what the scriptures taught us in the end time. If it can be shaken, it's going to be shook. I want to stand true. I believe everybody in this house wants to. I want to make the journey. How about you? And you know what? I want to help everybody else that I possibly can to make it. I want to help them. I want to help them. Man, I want to, I want to serve them. I want to be there. I want, to, I want these babies right here to know what it is. To know what it is. Amen. To be in an apostolic church. That's the reason I thank God for these elders. They come before me. I, I thought about it this week. The, the elders before I ever even showed up. Over at Brother Page's at Crossroads and and some of the brother Bishop Odom talked about the first arrival preaching over there way years ago. And in fact, it's been so long as Sister Odom was, was expecting with her first child. So that gives you a little idea. But I thank God, you know, that somebody was there. And they didn't give up. And they didn't throw in the town. Somebody kept driving the miles. And somebody kept making the investments. And somebody, you know, I, you know, I don't care how much peanut brittle they had to sell. Thank God. I thank God for every piece they sold. Amen. Is that what kept the lights on? That's what kept it, you know. I wouldn't be here if somebody hadn't have done that. You see what I'm saying? Somebody. So let's make the investments. Let's do what we can in prayer. Let's do what we can in investing. Let's do what we can as, as vessels of God. I promise you the benefits, the, the, the blessings, the reward of God, the reward of the Father is going to far outweigh all the other. And Paul put it this way, basically. He said, you know, the, 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 when the glory of God, the coming of the Lord, uh, these burdens that we have to bear, they're going to be as though they are nothing. Nothing. In that moment, in that moment, and a twinkling eye, and we leave here, <laughs> folks. All this other we're gonna forget. You know, I, I've heard people. I'm gonna ask this. I'm gonna ask that. And we might. I don't know. But you know what? Chances are good. We're just gonna be glad we made it. We may not think about none of that. <laughs> Amen. We're just gonna be glad we have made it. Thank God. Love you. Come on. Let's go across the way. We're gonna baptize Tate and Alea this morning in the wonderful name of Jesus. God bless you this morning.